Yes, 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 y'all to the beach, y'all. This is Tion Buku One. And this is Yola. No longer the park the ranger. Park. <laughs> I was going to say, it's stuff interrupting oh, me. No, that pause that was yes, epic. Okay. It was for a dramatic entrance. All right. Tion Buku One, a.k.a. the Black Ant-Man. And this is Yula, the park ranger, a.k.a. the Russian Wasp. And we are here at the Black Russian Podcast. <laughs> We could try to do that for next year, for Halloween. Yeah. Oh, shit, next year. It's like, not next year, like yeah, a few this months year. from now. Yeah, Yeah. All right. Well, shit, we're here. Episode 31. And we're going to get into a bunch of different things. And we will let Eula take over. This is going to be one of those Eula-heavy podcast yay, episodes. Yay, everybody. Yay. So get your torches and be ready to march. Um, I guess we should do like we always do. In this podcast and in our life, we are not an infomercial for polyamory, nor are we a dissenter for monogamy. We do not advocate any style over anything else. Monogamy, polyamory, monogamish, polygyny, polyandry, whatever you want to do, more or less, they're all relationship platforms. <laughs> That's about easy I can say it. None of them are more or less divine. What makes something great is the quality of the work that two people put into it as well as into themselves, uh, minimizing mandates beyond individual ability to think and do. So we advocate open dialogue, open conversation, open to authenticity. Sex or not, doesn't matter. So you can be open in monogamy or closed in monogamy. You can be open in polyamory. You can also be closed in that. We advocate open, real talk, good shit. Yeah. Okay. Now, we'll get into some quotes. You want to go first? Um, sure. I'll go first. All of them from Esther Perel. Obviously, all of them about marriage. If you start to feel that you have given up too many parts of yourself to be with your partner, then one day you will end up looking for another person in order to reconnect with those lost parts. Ooh, serious ting. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is for, you know, like Tion said, we're definitely not against monogamy. Uh, here's where trouble comes. Trouble looms when monogamy is no longer a free expression of loyalty, but a form of enforced compliance. Ooh. Esther come with real serious ting. Yeah, her and I could have a thing. You definitely. totally want. We could totally have a thing. Um... This one is just funny because okay. it's totally reversed for you and I. That's right. why it's funny. Women want to talk first, connect first, then have sex. For men, sex is the connection. Sex is a man's language of intimacy. 
<laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I, I knew you'd like that one. Should I start referring to myself as him, her? Yeah, and you me. More yeah. Her, him? <laughs> right. Okay. So my quotes are When thinking about life, remember this no amount of guilt can solve the past, no amount of anxiety can change the future. That's one. Other one. Whoa, that's kind of similar. Okay. Note to self, relax. You are not here to solve everything or save everyone. Save yourself first. Take a deep breath. Let go of the load of expectations and tensions. Close your eyes and see within. Forgive yourself. Love yourself. And that's not selfish. What about the sacrifice? I know. Come on. We'll do an episode on, on blood sacrifice. Yeah. Okay, the other one is the problem with relationships today that everyone... I can't speak English. The problem with relationships today that everyone has been so screwed over by an ex that they're afraid to let their guard down again. Carrying the bagage and the trauma. Bagage in Russian is luggage. I know. I'm speaking Russian. Yeah. Bagage. Bagage. Privet. (laughs) Okay. I know people always go, oh, your wife's Russian. Do you speak Russian? Nope. I mean, obviously you do. Well, yes. Only when I'm with my other Russian women. So, all right, good. So we're going to go into a little bit of recap of episode 30, which was a pretty dope episode. We did that in the backyard of a nice Airbnb in Seattle and um, got some pretty good reviews, probably because it was one of the first full ones we did together in a while, but also because it was fucking dope. Um, because we, of all that? Because it was fucking dope. Okay. Fuzzle duzzle. Um, you know, we talked a lot about... Uh, desire versus security. We talked a lot about Esther Pro's quote, talking about our core relationship is our, as we want it to be our essential most, but not all, and how important time away is, and planning for time away, and embracing and encouraging time away. We had a lot of dope questions from the listeners, which was always really cool. And um, yeah, it was a good episode. I would like you to say something. About the episode, <laughs> I, have I know you're really excited to just get in. <laughs> I just want to get into this. I have this ability to do something really cool and then totally not have any recollection of what that is. Okay, we'll just recap it with one of Esther Perel's quotes. Let's do it. Okay. Which one do I want to do? Okay. One doesn't discover new lands without consenting to lose sight of the shore for a very long time. Yep. I mean, we talked, I think my, my favorite part was about comparing how we feel about our partner and letting them go versus how we feel about our kids and letting them go right. and explore. Like, I have always had this uh, difference in how I treat uh, the freedom that I let our kids have. And I have, like, full trust and freedom that they have. I don't question where they are. I don't. I don't wonder because I. I feel it, and it was not like that with you, and still isn't. I think, and it's. It's. It's working its way out there, but it's not fully the same. And you know, I. I've used that as uh, kind of my proof that I can feel that because I feel right. that with the kids. 
So why would our relationship be any different? And then I just keep questioning myself from that versus the the other way around. Like, oh, that just means I don't care about the kids. Right, right. And that's, you know, it's, it's, it's all the penis, vagina, mouth, penis, sex, penis, penis, vagina, vagina stuff. Because when it comes to trusting me to go do a show or go do a workshop or go speak to kids or... Any of these things, right. there's never a question of nope. trust. Nope. Me with you the same way. Right. But now, you stick a dick near your mouth and your vagina, I get a little squishy and it triggers a different spot, which is all of a sudden I gotta be like, <gasps> Where are you? Infection. What are you doing? And when are you coming versa. home? What's going on? Right. And so, what it really boils down to is just our really um, wacky, deeply rooted fear discomforts with genitalia and sexual energy. Yeah. Because um, it's it's not about anything else. So I always, when I talk to somebody and we're going through different things, I'm like, let's just remove this part. Let's use an analogy that has nothing to do with sex. So the analogy I was using today um, was, you know, if your wife likes to go to the theater four times a month, but you only like to go one time a month, what should you do? And the guy uses like, well, she can go the other three times. I'm not going to go. She needs to find somebody else to go with. That's her deal. I'm cool. I'm going to stay home and do my thing. And then I go, okay, well, what if you like to watch football every Sunday each month and she only likes to watch once out of the four, you know, but she's, she's cool with you doing that. It's like, that's cool. She can do whatever she wants to do during that time. It's my time and her time. Okay, cool. Now, what if she likes to have sex four times a month and you like to have sex two times a month? What happens then? Well, you're going to compromise. So you're expected to compromise. Of course, right. because you respect each other. You understand that there will be differences, but you will have to compromise to bridge the gap. Right. So which means I'm going to have sex one extra time and I'm not going to enjoy it as much. You're going to have sex one less time and you're going to feel a little bit shortchanged. But hopefully, because you both believe in sacrifice, you're going to be okay. Right. Neither one of you is going to be happy, but you're going to feel like that's what you're supposed to do. You both have sacrificed equally, so now all is well. Right. So what makes a difference between going to the movies or going to the theater and sex is... Sex. Right. The sexual well, I energy mean, it's, and, it's, and the, 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 yeah. the beliefs that we have on it. But the reality is we trust each other. It's just when it comes to sexual things, we get triggered and all of a sudden we... Well, emotions get triggered. It's a different thing. We trust each other logically, of course, uh, but emotions are emotions. So you have to like. I think that what you're getting at is that you gotta normalize, and the way to normalize it is through training your emotions. Well, or just understand and unpack your emotions. Well, just understanding doesn't work. It's a process. Understand them, unpack them, and figure out what the root of your emotional issue is, and then you may realize. That it's just a fear that you've never addressed. Right, but then you still have to practice living through the fear. Once, and you, not once you've agreed and decided that you want to. Well, of course, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, most people don't. Most people just go like, no, it's different. Sex is Well, actually, that goes straight into my rant. Can I include my rant in here? It is rant time. It is rant time. She's Anytime fired, is up. You fired rant up. Time. I got a little bit of coffee. She's got a little bit of fire. I haven't had sex today. Uh-oh. Didn't wiggle. Nope. Uh, my rant is people that say this is just how I am. Wasn't that your rant from last week? Nope. 
You, well, your last one was like, I'm just a jealous person. I'm just a controlling no, person. No, that wasn't last yeah, week. Yeah, I got the notes. Oh, I had another one. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, this one still goes in there. Oh, now I have to See, find my other when she one. she doesn't have sex, things just get weird. Her marbles. No, hell no. No, no. Okay, what? stop looking. Yeah, no, Tion. No, okay. You looked at my old notes. I changed them. Oh, okay. My last week's was... People who do not treat us the way we expect to be treated, but we stay in the situation anyway. Remember, we talked about the work and yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, that was my rant from last I week. I thought you had more than one. Last woman. time. Okay. This week, going back to before you rudely interrupted me. Okay. People that say, I'm just this way. Especially right. when it comes to, I'm just a jealous person. Right. Okay, well, great. That does not give you the right to react to whatever your partner does with controlling behavior, with no, you cannot do this, you are blah, 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 and that's all because you're jealous? Right. Like, that's not cool. Right. You can't be, you can't be a controlling person just because you feel scared or you feel jealous. Right. All right, you're a jealous person, now what do you want to do about it? Right. Do you want to also be a dick? Right. Or do you want to work on it and right. maybe understand that just because you feel it doesn't mean you need to shit on other people and try and manipulate them right? To in order to avoid that feeling. Right. Jealousy is not an excuse to be an asshole. Also, jealousy is not a DNA trait and it doesn't have to be permanent. Like, it's what you feel and what you do, but it doesn't have to exist any longer than you want it to. I totally disagree, but all right. Go for it. I think that we will always feel it. Well, feeling jealousy and being a jealous person. Yeah, but it's in your DNA, meaning it's always I think it's in human DNA. But the different that we're talking about two different things. I think that we will always We will always feel it. Of course. But we will hopefully decide to train ourselves to feel it and let it go or feel it and hang out with it or feel it and wait until it goes into something else, but not feel it and then go and blow something up. Right. But it's not... Fe- but it's feeling the- it... So you're, you're talking about feeling jealousy. I'm saying that is different than being a jealous person. For example, if I say I'm a pessimistic person... That's different than me saying, I'm feeling pessimistic right now. Because it's a state of being. Like I'm defining myself as, that's just what I am. As opposed to one of the myriad of feelings I feel. Like I'm an optimistic person by nature. But that doesn't mean I don't have pessimism. Yeah, I agree. So that's what I mean. It's just, you know, when you say, I'm just a jealous person, right. you're saying it as a statement. Whereas other than, I'm yeah, yeah. feeling jealous, you are identifying a feeling that you're feeling. So what you're saying is that most likely all people are pretty equally jealous. It's just some people have a better uh, disposition towards it, maybe natural, maybe they've been exposed to it less, uh, and others uh, through either conditioning or just no like lack of ability uh, to deal with it that they've learned how to are like more opposed to feeling it. Well, a lot of times jealousy is more tied into fear of loss. So all of us have that in some way, shape, or form. Um, There's so many different reasons why someone is more jealous than others. 
but all of us do have nope. the feeling of jealousy, nope. the feeling of envy, the feeling mm -hmm. of happiness, doubt, anger, rage, sorrow. These are the myriad of, of emotions. Now, some people gravitate towards more because of different, you know, it could be myriad of things. But when people say, I am just a right. jealous yep. person, that's they're, they're, treating, they're treating it like I'm, I'm black. That's just what I am. Or I'm just five foot i'm just russian i'm a woman that's what i am as if it's like stagnant you have to just accept it yep. i can't change it even if i want to right. that's just how i am yep. that's my like, rant you know that was a fast rant no i'm done <laughs> i said <laughs> that was a fast rant nope i'm done don't know if that really uh responds to what i was saying but it's it's you and it's adorable and it's hot and that's why people like it because <laughs> you don't always have to you have your own train of thought which is amazing yep. we discussed it this week you have your own definition of words yep which is amazing surprisingly different from surprisingly normal. different from a lot of majority of people that i've experienced which i thought was both great but had to also remind her that it's fine to have your own definitions. <laughs> Just make sure you're clarifying those when you're talking to other people because they will most likely not be thinking what you're thinking since you have such an, an eccentric way of defining things. So so that is that. Maybe so, they should publish a book of definitions. Yeah, like, well, if E40 has a book of slang, you should have yeah, one. There you go. <laughs> so that would be dope. We'll look forward to that. You'd have to be my co-author and keep asking me questions. Right. And you're like, no, that's not what I mean when I say that. Yep. Okay, let's write that one down in the book. <laughs> that's start what now. we should be doing, like baby books. You know, yeah. we never had baby books. No. You can have like, shit you love me, says and means book. Right. I'll be the translator. What she really means. So when you go on dates, I should be in the other room with yeah. the microphone. So when you say some shit that I know it's coming off weird, I come in like, Hey, uh, Mario, what she really means is, and then goes back into the room. <laughs> I'll translate for you. That's a form of control. Yeah. Not what, she says, what she says, yeah, I'm open. That means she wants you to let her take the lead and then you lead. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good. All right, you're, you're, it's your episode. I'm sorry for getting all up in your schnookus. Are we done? You tell me, it's your part? episode. All right. Okay. So we're done. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> All right. Episode 31. Thank you guys for coming out. It's awesome. Don't forget to rate our podcast. It's going to be amazing. Oh, boy. So um, did I have anywhere on any previous episodes, because I do have episode amnesia, <laughs> that I had decided to go 12 months without sexual contact, uh, sexual anything. Maybe, but everyone has about as great of a memory as we do, so. All right, perfect. So I had decided two months ago, a little over two months ago, that I need to put all of my sexual interactions with men uh, on hold for 12 months while I am figuring out why is it that I have such a major problem uh, telling Tion that I'm attracted to someone, I want to be sexually involved with someone, and that's caused enough problems to where finally I'm like, you know what, I just can't play with this fire anymore. I'm going to cause some permanent damage, uh, and I need to shut this down. So I did, 
And it's very interesting. At first, uh, you know, because I initiated it, I know Tion was pretty concerned about me feeling resentful. Yes? Yes. Oh, yes. So, pretty... As if I made you do it. Right, right. 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 So, I think you wanted to make sure that I wasn't feeling resentful or check in and be like, you know, hey, how do you feel? Are you sure sure that's what you want to do? And how is this affecting your overall feelings towards this whole situation? Right. That, you know, we're in. Uh, And pretty quickly into that, right right after I made the decision, maybe a couple weeks, you asked me, yeah, so how are you feeling? And I was like, you know, what I feel is this relief. Uh, And you're like, really, relief? Like, that was not what you were expecting. And I'm like, yeah, because I feel like by removing, by basically stating uh, officially that I'm just taking that off the table for 12 months, that uh, took away my ability to fuck up. Right. And that's what I was most concerned about because I obviously didn't have the skills to do to do it the right way, to, you know, engage in any relationship that was more intimate than just a friendship and uh, stick to our vows and be respectful to our relationship and tell you straight up. Uh, I was like, well, by taking that whole possibility away, I'm taking away possibility that I'm going to fuck up, which is great. That's what I want. Right. Uh, so the relief was pretty serious, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Now I don't have to think about it, and which means that I have this whole open area or space in my life to think about something else. Right, more energy, yeah. More sure. energy, more, <clears throat> uh, you know, less concern, less time spent on thinking, feeling, chatting, developing something you know, being excited about something. I'm like, well, I have this time, so what am I doing with it? Well, let's try and figure out how can you create relationships that feel intimate but don't have sex. Right. So that was my purpose. And I was pretty excited about that. Uh, And I was excited, I was excited, I was excited, and then two months into it, like clockwork, without connecting my feelings to, you know, the decisions that I've made, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling really sensitive to not only what Tion's doing outside of me, right, but also to how I interact with him, like to our connection. Right. And usually I'm used to, when I feel that way, I'm pretty, you know, I've done it, I've felt it so many times that I'm like, yeah, it's a temporary thing. Right. I need to sleep, I need to eat, I need to hang out with Tion more, um, and it's going to be fine. And I'm eating and I'm sleeping and we're on away on vacation, and this thing is not going away, it's actually getting worse. Right. Uh and I think eventually, you know, I mean, I kept telling you that I'm sensitive. I kept telling you that I'm just, you know, feeling weird. And I don't think I was giving you the whole thing. Right. Because I didn't know what the whole thing was. Because I was thinking that 
uh, you know, it's just a normal temporary thing and maybe, you know, a PMS thing and whatever else, and it's going to go away. And it didn't. And then eventually it basically pretty much opened up and, uh, you know, via a weekend of me just not being able to hold it together anymore. And I ended up going through a pretty serious uh, low where I didn't know what was going on. I felt like I was spinning. I was trying to share as much of it with you as possible. And I didn't know where it was going to come out. Right. And you were like patiently hanging out with me. Holding my breath. <laughs> and holding your breath and doing and doing what you normally do uh, without trying to fix a lot of it. And then we end up having a conversation that was pretty difficult and I ended up breaking down and blah, blah, blah. Uh, again, not fully related to what I was, my choices, but outside of it. And then I got tired of feeling that way because after a week or two, you're like, I mean, I, how long can I feel this way and it's not getting better? I hate this. And then I started, my brain started telling me, like, like literally talking to me, like, see, you feel like this is how bad you feel. Why do you need to be in this relationship? Right. Like, you don't need to be in this relationship. Fuck it. Like, it's not for you. It's really difficult. And I'm like, yeah, I've been in it for 15 years. And I think that I know what I like. Right. Like, what my brain's right. telling me is literally not what I know I like. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? It was like a, like, literally my Gemini separated. Right. What voice was that? Like, what emotional voice was saying those It things? was my mind. Right. It was literally my logical mind going, hey, see how you feel? See how you've been feeling this consistently now? That is your truth. That is how you feel. You don't like this. Right. Uh, you need to be out. But then my other side that feels really super deeply connected to myself is like, no, this is not true. I don't feel anywhere else in my body that I need to be out. Right. So something's going on. And then it just got so intense and so loud in my head that, and I didn't know what to do because you and I couldn't talk through that. Right. Like, there's nothing that you can tell me in this case. Like, right. what are you going to tell me? You're like, universe. you know what's happening. Like, you know what you feel. You know how you normally feel. Uh, that eventually I'm just like, I, I, I was fighting with that thing overnight. I usually fight overnight. Like, I fight my right. ego overnight. Right. Like, that's when, you know, I go to sleep. And I manage to fall asleep. I sleep for about three or four hours. I wake up at like 2.30 or 3 a.m. And I start... Ready to work. Yeah. (laughs) Refreshed. And I start the fight. And the fight is always between my ego and my spirit. Right. And luckily I've learned from previous times that that fight can last some hours. Right. And it gets pretty intense. Um and sometimes I wake Tion up and I'm like, Tion, I feel this way or I feel that way. And your autopilot is like, says something. <laughs> no, I have like no, no, 20 you do statements say, embedded. You, you do say something that usually okay, makes good. sense, but then you go straight to bed. It makes me happy that um, I can do that for you. Right. And then, so, you know, I was that fighting and fighting and fighting. And at the end, I'm like, Jesus, fuck it. Like, I can't 
keep fighting my brain. I'm just going to give it up and like turn the brain off and turn on my um, forensic shows. My spiritual connection to myself, which right. is my sexual connection. Right. And I did what I normally do. And I just... Was that wiggle? Yeah. Yep, masturbate. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. For like, you know, an hour more. <laughs> just like, you know, summoning all that good stuff that I know I have. And through that, I realized, wow. So what I did... Um, I, I basically I realized that I need to connect back to you through the strongest form of our sexuality, which in the last so many years involved not just the sexual connection between you and I, right. but the sexual connection that you have outside of me. Right. And I connect to you like to that bigger flow of sexual energy right. through you like and the bandwidth allowing more right. room for the currency to flow through besides just a, exactly a, a tube. Uh, and when I did that and I went back to being open to all of that and uh, enjoy it and welcome it like I normally would right I like my whole world went back to normal right my mind went quiet it's like you got plugged myself, back into the power and right zzz- like my 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 insecurities and fears went away and then I started like that was such a dramatic change without you doing nothing different right like you didn't do anything different exact same thing same you know people you hang out with same patterns same everything the only thing that changed was that I allowed myself to get plugged back into that side of our relationship right and when that changed like when my my disposition changed and I went back to happy and my mind went quiet and stopped telling me I shouldn't be here. I started analyzing as I would, like, holy shit, what was that about? Right. Right. And the difference was so dramatic that I'm like, you know what? What I did when I uh, proclaimed that I was not going to have any sexual contact with men I turned the whole thing off. Right. Like, it, like completely. The whole thing. So what was left is literally sexual connection between you and I. Right. And I started gradually feeling that I was concerned about me relying on you for that exclusively. Because what if you don't want it? What if you start feeling like I also started feeling that... I'm not giving anything. I'm actually taking from you. I'm taking more than I'm giving. Right. And I'm used to not feeling that way. And that feeling scared the hell out of me. Uh, that we might get to the point where I rely on you and I start taking from you. Right. More than you're replenishing. More than I'm replenishing. Right. Like in my, in the way I, I, I feel is that it's fine to take when you need it, but it's not fine to do that at all times because you're going to exhaust that connection. Right. And then you're going to start forcing it. And as soon as you start forcing it, like I, I can't even imagine our connection with anyone, it would either one of us forcing it. Right. No, it's not really what we do. And uh, that really, I realized that that scared me. And that for... 
And I started feeling like, whoa, this is how I would feel if I was in a monogamous relationship. And this is what has always scared me. And this is why I've, why I've known from, the day, from day one of our relationship, regardless of how I treated my side. Right. I always know, knew that it makes total sense to be in a non-monogamous relationship for that one reason. Right that you don't start suffocating each other, you don't run out of the sources of that happy energy to where you give to each other versus take from each other. Right, the nourishment, yeah. Because you definitely can get in a situation to where you extract so much from that soil that it never fully re replenishes the nutrients yeah. that we need. And, and I mean, my respect, I have to tell you that through this process of realization, my respect for people in monogamous marriages or relationships that are long-term and mm -hmm. that stay excited and connected to each other right. went through the roof because it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, hard. It, it definitely is a lot of work. It's possible, but, I mean, you have to consciously do it every single day. Right. You have to consciously make sure you're happy on your own through whatever means you have, right. right? Your sexual energy is off the table, so you have to have other stuff that's going on. Uh, and then your partner needs to be doing the same. And then that's when and, and you need to maintain that attraction to each other. Right. So you probably have to maintain your physical health and your shape. And like, I mean, there's like a lot. Being in, yeah, being in touch with each to, other and making you know, updating each other on how you guys are growing, how you're feeling, yeah. hopefully just super connected through as many different avenues yeah. as possible, as well as like your other things you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was a pretty amazing, um, amazing time and amazing revelation for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it confirmed to me that, I need a lot more sexual energy in my life. Like sexual energy is my prime connection to myself right. and to the world outside of us. Right. And I don't think it's a bad thing. No. I think that it's 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 really cool for me to realize it consciously by shutting it off and then having right. to turn it back on. Uh, you know how I, I operate. Like you could tell me that a million times. I could tell you that a million times. But until I experience the shock of not having it, right, and realize that that's what's lacking, like I'm not gonna treat it with as much respect as I should be treating it. Right. You fully realize and yeah, and have, see how vital it is to you and to us to yeah. our our cipher. I mean, you know, if you're not vibrant, our whole world feels it. Yep. You have less. You have less to give. Your your energy is lower. Um, you're more susceptible to any ills, whether it's yep. depression or stress For or sure. those things. You know. And um, I'll be less interested in sex with you because I'm gonna feel like, oh, what if he doesn't want it? What if I'm, you know, right. like there is less excitement in it. Right. I, and I I hate that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Getting in situations in your relationships long term or whatever, where you guys are not excited to have sex and you're more concerned or mentally concerned in any form. Yeah. It really 
it's almost better to just not have sex until you guys really, really want it versus having half-assed, lackluster sex where both you guys are just kind of like, uh, and starting to think about it more. Right. You know? And that's where, that's where male penis impotence comes in because they're, they're oh, for sure. worried about it and stressed about it. Either like, what if I can't perform? Or, you know, what if she doesn't want it? What if, uh, I mean, there's just so much. And once you start thinking, it's a wrap. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, you know, I'm, I'm only guessing that if I feel this way, there are a lot more people that feel this way. Yeah. And living without that source of sexual energy, it's like having, living with your lights off. Right. It's fucking depressing. So I think what would be good for you to do with our, this podcast and the audience is try your best to describe what sexual energy is because people are probably going to assume it just means energy you get from having sex no uh in my world what i'm discovering is that i think the actual sex is literally the last thing that i want i think that i can go without actual sex a lot longer than i can go without uh sharing the conversation without talking without visuals without fantasies without uh i mean definitely stimulating myself but i think the energy is the in well sometimes it's tangible because you're talking about sex right directly other times it's not so tangible because you're talking about something else, but the sexual undertones are there. Right. Or you're talking about something else, but you're looking and you know the other person's thinking the same thing you're thinking. Right. Like, there's a lot of different uh, sources of it or manifestation of sexual energy. And I didn't turn the sexual energy on by having sex with somebody else. Right. We, you and I, haven't had any joint sexual experiences in quite some time. Right. Uh, it's the conversation about it. Right. It's me wanting to go back into proactively sharing in your world. Right. And not even, like, we didn't even have, we, like, if you think about it, like, that happened a week and a half ago. Right. We haven't had, like, a lot of very direct conversations about right. it. But it just me letting you know that I'm back in that space. Right. Totally changed the energy. It's the thoughts and the feelings. And so what I would say about sexual energy is it's what it is, is it is energy first. The reason why a lot of times we have sex um, that's really good is only partially due to the penis, penis, vagina, vagina, right. penis, vagina performance. It's the... I make, I'm feeling this person. Yep. Oh, they're gonna, I can't wait to show them me. Right. The way they respond to me, the way they're going to respond to me. So all the anticipation, yeah. the fantasizing, yeah. the planning of like, ooh, where and what, and just the banter via text, knowing that there's that energy, yeah. um, that's the most important thing that makes it go. Um, and that's what can separate good sex and bad sex is the energy because... I know I've had sex with people who had these amazing bodies. They're just the flyest. And so you're looking at like, oh, this is going to be great. And it's fucking not. Yep. And then you have ones where like 
they're probably the most overlooked woman. Yeah. You know, like they're not gonna be picked out of a lineup of the finest girls. Right. But the energy yeah. is so on point that it's like wow. Yeah. And you feel it long before you touch them and long after you touch yeah. them. And that's what nourishes. And that can go through, sexual energy can just be a part of everything you do. It's 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 the way you walk. It's the way you smile at somebody. Yeah. It's the jokes you crack. It's the way you put your hand on somebody when you walk by them and smile at them. And it doesn't mean like you're, you're trying to give engage, signals. Right. It's no. just... Uh, no, it doesn't know. mean at all that you're going to engage. Right. In any... Anything in, beyond in, the energy right. of... Exactly. Yeah. You know, Yeah, so to me, it's not the actual sex. Right. I'm actually, like, for me, I'm actually, my challenge is to be able to sustain that level of energy and bring it into the sex. Right. And that's my, you know, I think that's my next challenge. And that's the fear that I have is that, you know, I can, I can uh, play this game and I can build up a pretty high level of sexual energy. Right. But... I may not want to bring it into the actual sex and, and, right. and, and follow through. And then I'm like, I just set someone up. Right, right. And so whoops, being very clear about what it is you really need, what is the core nutrient, right. helps you understand it's not just found in one lane. No. It can be a place that's transmitted from inside of you and through many lanes allowing you to find clean ways to do that which will in return cleanse the lane that you've had the difficulty in so that way when you re-engage you're re-engaging fully um, nourished with sexual energy so you're not needing yeah. that you can contribute and generate it which allows us we, you know we talk about it all the time if we're if we're mal if we're malnourished in a certain area if we're starving for something mm -hmm. it will affect our ability to make our best judgment or about even if we what. think we're starving like you know in this case i think that you know what what happened with me is that i wasn't recognizing all this sexual energy that i was able to generate right without actual sexual contact i wasn't recognizing it as real sexual contact right uh And that's why in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, I haven't had sex with a guy in like, whatever, three or four years. Right. Uh, well, outside of my husband. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Gotta speak clearly. Specifics uh, are the key. Right. So, you know, so I, I most likely that mentally, I was looking at it as I'm in a deficit. Right. Whereas if I look at the level of, you know, how sexually happy, excited, fulfilled uh, I am on a continuous basis right. just from what I am generating. Right. It's plenty. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if I do want something else, if I do want the actual sexual contact with a man... It's not because I'm starved for it, but it's because the person that I have uh, run into actually has the cool attributes that I look for. Right. And I feel that, yeah, I can bring my energy in all the way. Right. Versus, ooh, this person seems cool. Let me turn it up. Right, right. Right, because you're trying, you're, you're, you, yeah, that makes sense. So then we come to this question. You know, I started this whole quest with uh, a sense of relief. 
Right. So now my question, I haven't found the answer to it because I haven't spent time thinking about it uh, long enough. How do I keep that sense of relief and the space that came with that? Right. Uh, when I turn the energy back on. So how do I keep it without cutting sexual energy off? Wait, say that again? That was a tricky one. How do I keep so the space the relief that I felt and the space Before, that I created? Right, right. Okay, relief. In the first two weeks of the right. first two weeks or whatever month right. after I decided to cut off all sexual energy, I told right. you I feel relief right. and it gives me a lot know. of space. Right. So how do I keep the relief and keep the space like how do you marry those without both? cutting the energy right. off? Well, I think one way to do that is you've now experienced the benefits of both of those, right? Without sexual energy, you, you experienced how there was less noise and you could focus on some other things, some things that you may not have focused on when you were focused on the sexual energy, good or bad. So then when you got the sexual energy back, hopefully you remember... Like how it how clean it was to focus without the distraction, and so how can I use my sexual energy as fuel to further go into what I was looking into when the sexual energy was not the main focus, and so using sexual energy as a fuel versus a focus. Yeah, I feel that the things the thing to do is to keep it as. Uh, a required nutrient, right? But not make it the main like focus, right? Pretty much what you said in my own words. I have to do it, and then I agree with you. Right. Quit looking at I'm me. Not like really that. about agreeing with you, Tian. I'm about agreeing with myself. Yeah. So I must. Right. Just, you know, that's how we learn. We digest the the things to our own, so we make sure we understand it. And like exactly. It. Yeah, and it's um. You know, if we think of it as a fuel as opposed to a destination or a tangible person or a place or a thing, right. if right. it's a it's a self-referral part of our life, then it's fuel, right? Like, we need core nutrients so we can do and be. Right. You know. And we see what happens when those nutrients are not there. We can't even function. Right. And if they're object referral, our whole fuel goes to attaining yeah. these no. things outside, yeah. which... Yeah. I don't like that. I don't. I mean, that's like, I think that I reinforced through this experience. I don't even want to be object referral when the object is you. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm super not into that. I don't want you to be the object of why I feel good, or the reason why I feel good, because then I'm taking from you. Then it becomes your responsibility. Right. And that's. Right, like you want to be able to get the nourishment that I'm supposed to contribute, that I contribute naturally by who I am with you. Right, because you want to, not, not to because overreach. I need it. Right, so like in the, in the analogy of your balanced food diet, like if I'm the banana, I provide potassium. Right. The problem is when you try to make up for lack of vitamin C by having more potassium. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just a banana. I can never give vitamin C no matter <laughs> how much you want it from me. And that's, yeah, okay, cool. That's dope. Um, sexual energy versus sex. We got that out. Was there anything yeah. else about that that you were thinking of? What What do you see next? What should, What do you see in the next evolution of this 12-month process is, if you could guesstimate? 
Um, that's a good question. I think that will depend on um, how well I'm able to communicate with you when I start feeling like I want to amend my contract right. and engage right. and start engaging with men. Right. Um, first, I have to start feeling it. Right. Which I probably will start feeling sooner than later. Right. And then I have to start like communicating with you and not sit on it forever, but actually be like, hey, this is what I feel. This is how I think, you know, it makes sense. And this is why I think, you know, it'll be I'll be uh, in a better position to communicate with you. Right. So why did you pick 12 months? I don't know, because I felt like (laughs) that's a long enough time period, but not so long that I'm going to feel like I'm in prison. Right. And I feel like, I mean, I messed this part up so many times that I did not think that it was going to be a quick fix. Right. And, like, I don't look for a quick fix. A quick fix doesn't work for me. And I know, you know why I picked 12 months now that we're talking about it? Yeah. The last time that I went through a difficult discover self-discovery process, right. I didn't put any timelines on it. I didn't tell, like, I told you that that's what I was going through, but I didn't even know that it's a process. I just thought, okay, let me think about it. Right. Let me think about it more and let me feel it. That process naturally lasted 12 months. Right. Like, it was like a miracle. At the end of, like, you didn't know how long it was going to last. Like, you were amazing with giving me full faith of... I, I know she's working through it. I know the questions in front of her are as pointed as, do I want to be in this relationship? Right. Uh, is this how I want to live my life going forward? And, like, you didn't freak out, at least outwardly. Right. And I would check in with you here and there, and you'd be like, thanks for the check-in, and continue. I mean, you would remind me here and there that our relationship is definitely worth it, like right. you wrote a song about it. Right. <laughs> You're like, come on, this is why it's worth it. Uh, it was called "Bitch, I Dare You to Leave." <laughs> <Stupid>. <laughs> you have to find that song. Which song? Yeah, I have a song that you wrote. Um, was it one of your birthday songs? I think it's one of the birthday songs. Uh, it's about. It's like it's fine to ponder, but. Let's keep a good perspective on it. I, I have to go through my that stuff and find it. <laughs> it was from you. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. You guys don't know it. I have a whole album of songs that Probably are from me. I'm sure I do. Eight, you should seven, release eight. it. Yeah. Uh, well, once we get like the black podcast cracking a certain level, we'll release yeah. the um, podcast songs. Oh, the um, playlist. So, and then naturally, when after 12 months, I came out and I'm like, yep. I feel like I'm done with my process. Uh, I understand the difficulties that I have in this relationship. I've I've weighed bene- pros and cons. I know the benefits. I know this is where I am. That was 2012. Right. The entire 2012. I started when like on Deja's birthday when she was two, and so that was entire 2012, and then came out by like that New Year's or, you know, around there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And after that, like, I never 
I, I went through hard times, but I never went back to questioning, is this where I want to be? Right. That was that. So, so that's why it was, I think, that it was, the 12 months came from that because I'm like, yeah, Yula, you take long. Uh, your natural most likely will be 12 months. Just go through iterations of how you feel for that long and see where you end up. Right. Um, so that's why, you know, even when um, I feel like I've made progress and I'm feeling like, oh, Tion, I, I think that next time that I allow myself to be attracted to someone, I shouldn't have a problem telling you. Uh, I think that the things that I have experienced, the sense of relief. Right. And then this whole, like, compression of my energy and then realization oh holy shit it was because I cut everything off right. and this is what that means to me is so unexpected that how do I know what's going to happen in the next 10 months right like so if I decide to stop this process early how do I know what I didn't experience right yeah so I don't know I mean I don't have any answers to that yeah. I'm not ready to say one way or another and here's a good from my perspective about what you're doing, that would be probably cool for people to hear, is this is something that she chose to embark on as a way to help herself fix the part of her contribution to our relationship that was causing damage. And it wasn't my suggestion, it wasn't my mandate, it wasn't any of that, but once she said it, I asked her, are you sure? And it was my encouragement. And when we, when some, one of us in a relationship stumble and fall or whatever we should never feel like that's our, that's the reason we should take over control and become the manager of their world see you're no. just not ready for that so no. let me take care of that it should be always try to maintain that we are both strong individuals that we both are going to make mistakes sometimes but it's we should never feel we should take away their independence um, and the same thing with this she decided she wanted to do 12 months she can also decide she, she wants to amend that to shorten it or lengthen it, um, it's her choice. My my role as a responsibility is to check in and, and to have the conversation with her. Like, well, why do you feel that? Yep. What is going on? And what is the risk? And what are the rewards? And then support them to lead because one of the most important things through these face plans that people have and we have is showing each other how we can show up to support them to get back up even though we may be hurting at times and not overreach and let them their their failure temporary failure and my pain be the reason why I take control over their so I think that you know when one of us fails or face plants and causes pain to the other like it's not just my process to uh, you know learn how to not do that again it's right. also your process like right. you're recovering you're learning what why you were hurt so much like it's not a one click and save you you're not the person that says i'm just this way when she does this i feel that and now i'm hurt and it's on her to fix it so that she makes sure you know she doesn't feel that again so i don't feel this way right uh so it's like it's a it's a two-sided process right you know and then my uh, this, the, the decision that I made to take the 12 months was uh, twofold as well. It, one was for me to go through it and see what I learned right. safely without damaging us again. 
and for you to have space to, you know, recover, hopefully to as much as you can, and not be on guard. I give you some just just room to not be on guard, right? Because the frequency of you know our episodes of me failing was such that I don't think you had room to you had space to recover, right? And because when you put a few months between that, that's not like that's just enough to start feeling like. Ooh, okay, and then bam, you get hit again, and you're right. like, okay, then the next step is for you to always be on guard. Right. And I don't ever want you to be on guard around me, and I didn't know any other way to, to uh, you know, help you with that other than to be like, you know what, Tian, I'm going to, for, for both my sake and your sake, I'm going to remove this trigger completely while I'm trying to figure out what the hell, like, what is it that I'm doing and why, and right. how am I going to prevent uh, myself reasonably from doing that again? Right. I may do something else, but at least I'm hoping to learn how not to do that same thing. Right, right, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, the process is dual. It's not just you sitting around waiting for me, but I think that you're going through your own stuff. Right, it's time to heal. And, you know, this is a way to... Deal with hurt and dealing with being hurt without overreaching, uh, without trying to impose so much guilt to make a person feel like they owe it to the other person to give up their independence. Um, and we've seen recently and other times where yep. that's usually the excuse to justify why this person knows better yep. for the other person than they know for themselves. And the person who made the mistake feels so guilty. They want to give them the other person the free, the the their freedom, as opposed to be like, well, I did fuck up, but no, this is still my decision. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, that's what that is. What that is. Anything you want to add to that? Before we go into halftime hmm. or break time. No, I think that that's. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more that I'm learning through this process that has. Uh, that's totally unexpected, that has more to do with uh, how I feel about our relationship. Right. You know, and the things that I feel about us and how I respond to uh, triggers on your side. Mm -hmm. That was totally unexpected. Like, I didn't expect that, me taking the time to figure myself out and how I respond... Uh, like and how I uh, learn to be open with you right. will lead to me feeling way more connected to you and letting like a lot of releasing a lot of my fears right. that I still have. So that you know that's something that I'm 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 feeling kind. It's kind of like a series of revelations. Uh, that are pretty cool that I didn't expect at all. Right. And And maybe it's a different episode. Well, it just goes to show you, like, when you... When you quiet the noise from a bunch of other things and you hone in on a few different things, you can usually go deeper in that one or two things you're you're dealing with versus managing the depths of a myriad of things at once. Yeah. Keep snatching the cord down. Okay, cool. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 31... 
go into a little break and we'll be right back. Chill. Man, you should have know you make my love light shine. You're humble and so meek, righteousness to the seek. Want to by my side some days of the week, Empress. You're always on my mind. Woman, you should have know you make my love light shine. Anytime I see it's like wonders and sign. You are my daughter for men to woman combine. Oh, blessed princess, you are so genuine. Natural and beautiful like the roses of the vine. I tell where you to say you're not I'm the swine. I've heard Man, it's so hard to find So Empress of Divine Ever looking fine Woman, you should I know you make my love light shine You're ever looking sweet Try to snare to the seek Want to by my side Some days of the week Black woman so divine Ever looking fine Woman, you should I know you make my love light shine You're humble and so meek Try to snare to the seek Want to by my side Oh, that's the way you make me feel Know the love is real Want to buy my side all the while Want to bring forth my youth You know that is the truth Mother, father, and child Oh, I love the vibes you bring That's why me have to sing Woman, you know me love your profile Oh, she a looking thing Yeah, uh-huh Episode 31 The Black Russian Podcast That was Warrior King with Empress Divine The first song was Janine Unafraid, I think. I can't remember, but listen to John 9. Lots and lots of John 9 and Protege. If you like the podcast, you will like them. You will like them. So now we get into the next half of the episode. Yoda's licking her chops. She's just frothing at the mouth. Eyes are lit up. So I'm going to play the back and be your hype man. Am I recording? I'll record oh, I am recording. All right. <laughs> so make sure sometimes you know. Wow, you're so relaxed. Uh, you know. Hands off, hand in the drawers. I know. We keep it real. We like imperfections on the podcast. It's just what we do. So you know it's us. Um, hey, so while we were on break, yeah. this news thing came through. And it's an article from the Wall Street Journal that says... Sexual fantasies are among the most taboo of topics. New research delves into who has fantasies, how common they are, and how they change. Mm. That's pretty cool. You know, I'm going to read it, and then we're going to talk about it. We'll report back. And now I'm curious. What do they say? It's probably 100% of people have sexual fantasies. (laughs) Oh, my God. Almost everyone who answered the survey, 97% of participants said they had sexual fantasies. Ha, ha, ha. Right. And then how many of them have fantasies that don't include their spouse? 
The vast majority said they had them frequently between several times a week and several times a day. Yeah. All right. I'm going to definitely read that and report back on the next episode. Report back. Yeah. I'm going to email this to myself. Oh, should we do one other disclaimer? I think we should add a disclaimer to our podcast. Don't copy our relationship. Well, that too. But main thing is this. What we talk about on here is what we talk to our friends about. Oh, yeah. It's what we talk to the people that we may be sexually intimate with. It's what we talk to people we're not sexually intimate with. It's what we talk to everyone about. Who will listen? People are sick of us, but we'll talk about it. We only talk to the people that want to talk to us. (laughs) We have no desire or energy to talk to anybody who does not want to. We talk to our kids about it, maybe not in the same terms, but the same concept. It's uh, who you and I are. It's who we are most comfortable being. That's who we want to be. That's how we see uh, we contribute to people. We've contributed to people we never have and never will have sex with. We've contributed to people we had sex with and maybe don't anymore. We've contributed to people who we have not, but maybe will. Like all kinds of kinds of people. So it's not we don't just sit and choose people we're going to talk to about this. Right. It's not a show or a shtick or spiel or anything. And our goal is literally to share our ideas, to add them into the mix. We're not here to convince you. We don't gain anything by winning anybody over, changing who they are or any of that. We're here to encourage people to speak their truth and be authentic and be real. And if anybody has conflict with their spouse or their boyfriend or girlfriend being encouraged to speak honestly, then that's on them. But we're not trying to get people to speak my truth or Eula's truth. We want to be encouraging people to speak their truth. Like, yes, I want to be monogamous. No, I do not want to be monogamous. Yes, I love you, but I also love other people. I want more sexual fantasy than what we have in our relationship. That doesn't mean I don't love you. Like, we want to make sure that's clear. Yeah, I think what happens is that, like, your voice and my voice are so strong that it can overpower the other person's voice and until that becomes as powerful as ours then it all it feels it seems it can't seem like oh it's them speaking through you right it's no different to me than a mechanic speaking about a car to somebody like they're gonna know probably a little bit more about it about cars in general because they needle and nerd over cars all day every day just because they say you know, you probably shouldn't buy a Dodge, you should probably buy a Honda. That's not making you go buy a Honda or, you know, whatever the case may be. You just They're threw just shade on our first van. I know. Well, you well, totally did. But, um, you know, it's not about making somebody do anything they don't want. We have opinions. They will be strong. So you can take <laughs> them and do whatever you want to do with we them, but we don't get this. money. We should have this disclosure. Our opinions may be strong. Our maybe too may strong, be strong for some people. You know. um, but we encourage people to think clearly and ponder, not to take on our talking points and speak them in lockstep like Stepford wives. 
So that's my own schedule. Okay, sorry, back to you. Oh, wow, look at that. So there's going to be my, my rant on the first half and your rant on right. the second half. I could do that. Yes. What is it? Walk Strong. Was that what it? I forgot what it was. We're watching uh, Luke Cage uh, season two, and it's dope because there's lots of patois in it, and we love and admire patois. And the, the main villain is named Bushmaster, and he has the most amazing patois I don't dare ever. to say anything, but I think it would be awesome if I actually learned Patois yeah. and I would mix the accents. Can we do that on the next episode? We'll go download the Patois Sling Dictionary and have you start helping our audience understand some Patois. It's pretty hilarious. I had yes. to like literally download lyrics to one of Pro- Protégé's songs so that I could understand it. It's pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. So, uh, you know, we've been talking to, and you've heard from other friends of yours, from uh, female friends, that the the current conversation about, uh, like, the Me Too movement brought up conversations about patriarchy, you know, how easy it is to jump on the... uh, on the bandwagon and start, you know, blaming men for all of that. Right. And uh, we don't, we talk less about the internal patriarchy that I think lives within most of, most women. Right. right. And that's just from, uh, you know, it, it's from being raised the way that we've been raised it's from uh, being exposed to what we've uh, been exposed to and just the habits that we don't even realize we have. Right. And then we take them and we bring them into our relationships and then we act on them, not even understanding that that reinforces your habits, that reinforces my habits, and we just keep recreating the loop right. without consciously knowing that that's what we're doing right. if I what, was what are to, some specific habits you're talking about well like doing everything at home without right. asking for help right. that that's one you know being responsible for a lot more than maybe you know I should be like basically creating and maintaining the structure and not just that's how it applies to us you know with other people uh, you know it may be different uh, how it manifests but I think that you know it's very easy to come into a relationship with already like preconceived notions of this is how just think this is just how things are right and not question them and then we recreate the whole uh, setup maybe improving it a little bit right but then we run into the same problems so I think that that you know is internalized patriarchy like you didn't impose it consciously on me mm-hmm. no one imposed it consciously on me but I internalized it from just being raised how I was raised right. seeing what was comfortable to my mom seeing what was comfortable to my grandma right. seeing how they treated men in our house so how was it how were you raised what did you see well I was raised you know it was my parents, my sister, and my grandma. Mm-hmm. My dad did absolutely nothing in the house. Right. Like, 
He never touched the dish. He never cooked a morsel of food. Uh, he didn't clean. He never touched anything to clean. He never did any laundry. Like he didn't do anything domestic-wise. Right. He was responsible for providing other stuff. Right. You know he, he provided the raw materials. Right, right. He right. made he made money. He did, had his black market connections so that we had the food that was better than average. You know, like right. he hustled. Right, right. But when he crossed that, the, the when he entered the house, right, he was done. He was done. He was the king. He never knew anything about our schedules. He barely he didn't know any names of our teachers. He didn't. He right. no, he knew nothing. He didn't know any names of our friends. Like that that was not his domain. Right. Not because he didn't want to, but that was how his life was set up. Right. Um. So that's how I grew up, and that's what I brought in. Although, you know, I was married when I was married to John, I, it was like our chores were divided pretty equally. But it's because he wanted to. Right, right. He did the dishes. I didn't touch a single dish when I was married to him. Right. Damn it. Um, Wish you did. Huh? He did the laundry half the time. I didn't have issues trusting him with that. Right. It's because he just like when we moved in together. He didn't ask if he if I wanted him to do it. He just went and did it. Right. He cleaned sometimes more than I did. Right. Uh, but then when I got with you, I totally recreated my childhood setup. Right. Fully. Because it was more comfortable. hundred percent. Because I felt that that's how I show care for you. Right. Like you know, that's how. And, and you're just so adorable and so, <laughs> and you appreciate it so much. Oh, I don't have to do dishes. Great. I don't have to do laundry. I'll stand around. Awesome. I'll yeah. ask if you need anything while you're yeah. doing dishes. Yeah. I'll, I'll crack jokes and entertain exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and then it's, you know, we've gone through our share of, I don't want to do this anymore. And you're like, well... Then you tell me what to do. I don't want to tell you what to do. Why should right. I tell you what to do? And then it's like, well, you need to at least train me. Well, I don't know. I'm tired of it. I don't want to train. Why don't you know what's supposed to be done? And then we get into this stupid cycle. Right. Well, then what, what would happen was I would do certain things and I wouldn't do them definition right <laughs> to her liking. So she would take over and do them, which would tell me. Hide then, like if you know if you don't well, like the way I do it, right. then and then it's exactly what I do with the kids as well. Right, right. Like I'll make them do it a few times, and then I'm like, fuck it, it's easier for me to do it myself. So right. I'm recreating the same wheel. Right. Uh, and then when it comes to relationships, you know, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is, the other day we were, you and I were talking as we always do. And you're like, well, give me top three most difficult topics for you to talk to me about. Right. Right. So for me, you let to talk to you, Tion, about. Right. And I took my time and I sat there and I wrote them. And it surprised me that number one was not me talking to you about my possible attractions to other men. Right. And I think it would surprise everyone on this podcast, knowing how much time we have spent and how much pain it has caused. Right. Uh, but that's not what the what, that was not the first thing that came to mind. Right. And I think like it definitely surprised me, and it, I I I would only guess that it surprised you. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I don't know if you questioned if I just wrote them out of order, but it definitely is in the order of difficulty. Right. So the number one thing that I wrote, and I'll just read verbatim because I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's uh, number one thing that's most difficult subject for me to talk to Tion about. It, anything that makes that makes you feel that I disapprove of what and how you should do something. It doesn't have to do with sexual inter- interactions or energy. It's a universal discomfort. I would I, I would still rather just adjust my expectations, duties, needs than tell you that I'm expecting something different uh, than, from what you're doing. Housework, division of family-related duties, those are mostly where this discomfort, discomfort lives. I have been getting better and training myself to not just take it upon myself to adjust, but to have good productive conversations with you. I feel it's improving on my end steady, but very slowly due to my built-in discomfort with addressing things that I want to see changed. And that is like, I do not want to say or do anything that would consciously make you feel discomfort. Right. What do you make of that? Thank you. <laughs> no. It, it, it's, only, it's only surface thank you because I pay for it regardless. Like, you know, I don't want her to feel uh, burdened by catering to me. I don't want it to feel like I'm the king and she's my deacon and my servant because I want that to be interchangeable. I want there are areas where she rules the land and I, I'm supporting and serving of and assisting her and areas of vice versa. And I want them to be able to be discussed because sometimes we may want to or need to shift those things just to lighten the burden or switch it up or whatever. So if I don't even know that you're making decisions to say or not say things to cater to me, then I have no idea and I can't say, no, it's fine, tell me, because I don't even know you're not telling me certain things. So um, you know, knowing about it is like, you know, I appreciate it. I know that you care so much about me that you're willing to sacrifice yourself and parts for me, but it's not necessary. So how do we make it so that it's easier for me to to, to talk to you about it? Create that Joe Pesci character in your head that just punches you in the back of the head until you say shit? Yeah, I don't... Lean in, be brave, just say it. Try to, you know, try to try to say it just... You know, in times when you're not stressed, in times when you're not mad, so that way it comes out in a way that... Right, but my problem is in times when I'm not stressed and I'm not mad, I like doing this. So I like, I keep creating this stuff. Right. It's only in the times that I am stressed and I'm tired and you're in bed and I'm doing things where in like my mind, I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I doing all this? And he's scratching his nuts, playing words with friends. Exactly. (laughs) Right, but I my discomfort with saying it mm-hmm. is higher than my desire for you to get out of bed and do something. Right. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I from, and a, that's, from a I man's think, perspective, I I don't know if I have a, a good answer <laughs> that would be. Um, that's well, ladies' so, help. So does this like the no, knowingness that I have this problem? Does this? maybe prompt voluntary before you go to lay in bed before I'm done doing my stuff does that 
like causing you desire to be like, hey, what do I need to do? Do you want me to do something? I tend to ask you, do you are you done? Do you need anything? And you're like, nope. <laughs> it's oh. a tough one. That's what I'm talking. I mean, that's, like, like, that's the thing. One. Is like, I never just assume like, oh, she's got everything. I'm more like, you know, do you need anything? If I see the if I see the trash yeah, out, I go take okay, the trash so, out. If so I here's my plant, thing. You know. Like, I know, like, what I've created in my head, right, is that you've trained yourself to ask that question, hoping that I say no. Well, that seems like a very internal, right. self fulfilling thing. Exactly. So, no, like, you I know, say it I, because. You know, the same way when you go over to somebody's house and they feed you a nice meal, you ask, can I help do the dishes? Or can and I help? everyone they, says no. Right, you're good. Everyone says no. But I don't ask, assuming they're going to say no, that's where I'd be pissed off in the time they go, actually, yes, you can. Fuck. <laughs> you know, I get sincerely, it's just part of being uh, courteous and gracious. I mean, so that's do you think it's really. fully on me to just start asking? Um, you have to at least ask because... Part of what the cycle that's probably <laughs> sound effects. Part of the cycle that's been created um, makes it to where I don't know what it is you were looking for. So, you know, I could go start doing laundry, and you're like, "No, don't do. That's not where it go. Just get away from the laundry." You know, or like, "That's totally I'm going to clean. Why are you using that? That's not the sweat. Get out of the kitchen." All right. You know, so, so it's like I know, really have only a very few things that I can just freestyle and go do without like, what are like you doing? Like drive a car. I can drive a car. I can take out the trash. Yeah. I can uh, do dishes if our son gently not to. not to do it for a few days. And, you know. Um, you can grocery shop. I can grocery shop. You know, I'm, I'm about 90% accurate with the, with the grocery no, shop. No, you're actually pretty. Like, you've been accurate 100% lately. Um you know well then you put groceries away if I ask you to yeah or if I'm in the kitchen right you know sometimes I'll just leave them out you know for whatever reason I don't even know if I consciously all right that's an unrelated question but how do I make you close the damn fridge door I close it just not as fast as you'd like yeah but it's like it like stays open for (sighs) minutes at a time with energy. It's like the difference between like 12 seconds and like 19 seconds. No, it's not. How do you know you close it before we get past for She's like a task rabbit. Like I go to open the kitchen, I mean open the refrigerator, then I go put a cup, pull a couple things out and I'm like opening very slowly, it. Like very slowly, like very slow, very slow. Doing my thing. Yes. And I turn around, like I wasn't yes. done in there. No, because you can't keep the damn door open. What happens if it's open for 21 seconds versus 12 seconds? Electricity. How much? A lot. How do you know? A lot. Because I know by our bill. And you you're know, wasting. You know the difference between 21 yes. and... <laughs> it's no. not. Once again, what it boils down to is she has a specific way she likes to do things. I am a very anal specific person in my places. So I know if she's as anal about her things as I am about mine, I don't fuck with her things. Unfortunately, her things in this specific thing revolve cleaning, cooking, prepping, <laughs> and all these things. I'm like, that's just your thing. Because I've tried to get near it, and you kind of, and you bite me. So, so and there, if, if, if there's another way to... Is this like a point I scored, or did you score? No, it's just, you know, sound effects from the other podcast. So, anywho... But yeah, I mean, I'm open to help with anything you feel will be helpful. I can obviously be trained. I am an adult. 
I know how to do things, and if I can't, I can learn. There's not too many things that you do around the house that I couldn't do. Um, I don't know if I could do them to the way you'd like to. I don't know if I could, you know, part of what you're not talking about is the catharsis that you like doing. Well, no, and I'm telling, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like doing that stuff. I like. But do you like Taking it because it's a of, good role as a woman? Or is it something like, aside from patriarchy and stuff? No, I love cleaning because I think when I clean. Right, okay. Um, I like doing the dishes for the same reason. Right. Laundry, I don't like so much, but I just don't trust that you're going to know how to separate it, How? because I have very particular ways. Right. She discovered I'm, a ma- I'm good at folding. Yeah, you're good at folding. Uh, so I can now slowly trust you with folding. Slowly trust me. Yeah, because it's been so many years. How do you slowly trust me? Well, I ask you once in a while. I don't ask you every All time. Right, just to kind of just check in, see yeah. if I can still fold. Right. But that's like that's. I think that a lot of us have this issue. You know, we take on. That's what I'm saying. Like the internalized patriarchy is this like very quiet enemy of ours. Like it sucks. Right. I, it sucks that that's how I feel. Right. It's totally, absolutely, 100% unfair to me and unfair to you. Right. So what are the other two? Oh, that's too early. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, oh, sorry. Ah, see, here we go. Jesus, telling me what to do. <laughs> okay, continue. I just had a question. I just think that it's unfair. And then, you know, I, I understand it's on me to undo it. But that's kind of unfair, too. <laughs> so I don't know. I, you know, I mean, I'm slowly changing it. I would like to uh, have results faster and not have them be fully on me. And I think that that's that that's what we struggle with. And it's a change um, that is generational. Right. And I think that the best that I can do is to make damn sure that a Karina, like you know, our girls don't have that. Right. She doesn't have it. I can guarantee you our oldest one does not have it. She right. has no problem telling her dude what to do right. like, at all. Uh, but then that our son doesn't have the aversion to it. Right. Like well, to doing he, things. He was still raised by your, gram, by your mom. Right. And your mom is very much. So, you know, like I'm lacking because he's so damn good at, at being so nice and flying under the radar. Right. Anyone that knows him is like, yeah, he's he's like a pro at it. Right. Can't get mad at him. He's like there's only criminal. been there's only <laughs> been like a handful of times, not even on one hand, that I was actually proactively mad at him. Right. Versus Karina, I mean, I no one like it, the whole family right. doesn't have enough fingers and toes. And, right. It's a uh, hot one. Uh, so, it's like I think, but I think the best that I can do is to make sure that the kids don't have that. Right. And uh, you know, it's a struggle, definitely. And I'm I'm betting that it's a struggle for a lot of us. Yeah. So on one hand, I do like doing things my way. I don't like to be obligated to do them. Right. And I don't like it when I'm tired and I still have the feeling that. I have to do them, and it's still easier for me to do it on my own. Right. Because that's the challenge. Like, when when does, in this situation, when do I know when you want to do it because you really want to do it and when you don't want to do it? 
Yeah, and well, then you just like, you know, develop a sixth sense and you're like, <laughs> you know, okay, well, it's the middle of the day. She hadn't done that much and she's kind of calm, so it's probably cool. Towards the end of the day, she cooked and cleaned and all that and she still has to do all the stuff. Yeah, it's probably my time to step up. Yeah. And just start doing it. So I'll just start. Mm. So after dinner, I'll know. just start getting busy, start yeah. the laundry, and just grabbing shit. Yeah. Okay, we'll see if you let me do that. <laughs> How long you'll let me do that before you're like, all right, good, I need you in some other place. Yeah. I mean, no, but I mean, it's it sounds even, it sounds hardcore. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a real deal, and it's built in. Right. And like I said, it's kind of unfair that it's on us to unbuild it. Right. Because again, it's on us again. Where did it come from? Like I said, like I grew up with it. No, but how does it? I mean, you grew up with it, but how? How does it get built inside of you? Like who builds it? Well, just me growing up in the environment that that's how men were treated. Right. I mean, that's it. Right. If I grew up in an environment where my dad had as much responsibility in the house as my mom. I'd be like, that's normal. So then when I'm with you and you're doing nothing, none of that, I'd be like, uh, that doesn't work. Right. You know, and if my mom was outspoken to my dad about it. Right. You, yeah, we learned it from our parents. Yeah. That's, you know, that's where that comes from. That's why I say that, you know, like our most important part is uh, to not let our kids grow up with it. Right. So, okay, number two is, as you expect, the most difficult, number two difficult subject was obviously my attraction to other men in times when I want to make plans. That's, like, more, even more difficult right. than the general attraction. Uh, and I feel that I have created a wall between how I feel and how I think I should feel, feel based on us being in a committed marriage relationship. I'm afraid that you will be hurt and that you will change how you feel about me. It's an irrational fear, and I'm working on changing it little by little. Right. So that's pretty much something that I'm working on during this year. And we've talked about this one at nauseum. Like I said, that one is pretty expected. Right. Uh, it's probably very normal for people that are transitioning from monogamous relationship to an open relationship right yeah so that would be a very standard fear difficult thing to talk about uh for a woman right. and i'm doing no, this from like a, a from a woman's perspective and again it's based on how i anticipated making you feel right it's the same thing you know all of my Discomfort, uh, like all the topics that are difficult for me to talk to you about, and I'll read the last one. Uh, they're all related, and they all revolve around this face that you make when you are upset or unhappy. Right. And my reaction to that face is like, I don't ever want to see that, right? Because I don't like how I feel when I see that, right? And before you go into that, I'll add, add from the men's side, because I see, I'm always, like, you know, I've been the fly girl's best friend for as long as I can remember, so I see how women contort and bend and concede in ways I've never known possible for a man, where the man would not think twice to do that. Um, 
And I was talking to a good friend of ours about, you know, she's saying that, you know, her husband's not controlling. And I said, men have ways to control without telling directly because they know that right. the woman does not want to see them hurt, yep. does not want to see them distressed. Yep. So they can give you a look, a yep. sigh, yep. A, a silence, a yep. walk out of the room. And a lot of times subconsciously and sometimes, sometimes consciously, they know that that will get the woman to do yeah. or stop doing whatever it is. Yeah. That I definitely they want to do. have that. It's it's definitely strong. It definitely uh, revolves. You know, like all all of my stuff. Definitely, that's difficult. Definitely revolves around how I feel when I think what I'm gonna say is going to make you feel a certain way. Right. Yes. Um. So that's that, and my third one is that. Uh, okay, I'll just read it. When my inner child is having a tantrum because it feels it's not being treated as she expects to be treated, when I cry and want you to hold me, but you want, uh, but you think I want space. When I'm upset and want you to go soft and tell me I'm the best, most amazing person in the world, but you are staying with the truth and keep my and keep my face in my own shit. It's hard for me to tell you how I want to be treated then and not like act like a brat. Right. Um. So it's basically the just the cues and how to do it. So my okay. Do you want to talk? Because I have something to say about that. For nope. Sure. Go for it. So the challenge is when the visual face and tone don't match the desire. And what I mean is when she has when she's upset, she has this very stern boss angry look on her face and then she leaves the room and shuts the door. So that to me says she proactively wanted to exit the space that we were in from me. Um, so it's very hard for me to think that face and that action means I want to be held because it's a, it looks like it's a very dominant, proactive m- move to exit from where I am. So it's very hard for me, even though she's told me that, to psychologically trigger my mind and be like, no, that angry I'm walking out of the room face, that means she wants she wants the opposite of what she just did. She wants to be closer to me. Yeah, but I think that I walk out of the room when I feel I'm not getting what I want. And uh, the reason why I do that is because I am at that point when I feel that I'm not getting what I want from you. I've gotten ang- so angry that if I open my mouth, it's not going to be nice. So I have to physically separate myself long enough to... Uh, gather my marbles and be like and and calm down enough to be able to come back and be like hey this is what I want Uh, but the time like the by the time that I actually get up and leave I'm past the point of being able to tell you that because all everything that was leading up to it I was wanting you to be a different way and you weren't and I was expecting and I wasn't getting it and I was waiting and I wasn't getting it and now all that in combination has gotten me so mad that 
if I open my mouth, it's not going to be pretty. And we're not in the business of uh, speaking to each other when we're angry. So I get up and leave to walk it off, literally. Right. And then, you know, sometimes it's half an hour, sometimes it's five minutes. But it's, you know, then I can come down and then I can come in and usually just come in and give you a hug and be like, hey, I just want this. Right. And then we've learned over the years to not get into the minutiae. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me that before? Right. And you're, you've learned uh, to meet me in the middle, but it has to happen like after I already got right. And that's know, the thing upset. Is the and challenge is while you're building through your lanes to get upset, there's very little inclination to me that what right. you're looking for. Because right. you're talking the, to me and I'm, we're talking and all of a sudden... Somewhere along our conversation, your desires change to want something besides talking, and I'm still talking. Right. So that kind of goes into the first, you know, the first point is that, you know, you're in one mode and I'm already in a different mode. So I have to now vocally tell you, hey, right. pause, stop you and go, I actually, I just want this. That means that I'm changing or I need to change what you're doing naturally. And that's very uncomfortable to me. Yeah, I guess I could say you could perceive it that way. But you know that I'm very amicable once you say, I feel like, hey, can right. we do more of this? Or yeah, but this is not this about. Walk, can we not? No, but even right. th- these come like, like we were the other night we were walking and we we're talking about whatever we're talking about. Like, OK, cool. Once we get over there, can we talk about something else? Yeah. And that would be the same situation. Because you're asking me to change what I'm doing right there. And I'm like, yeah. Because I naturally want to. It's not, there's never a time. Yeah, but it wasn't like a heated thing. It wasn't, you know. all the same. If you're like, hey. It wasn't about In 10 minutes, can we just do this? You know, most likely you're going to be met with yes. Because you're not saying in a condescending way, this is stupid. Let's get off the subject. You're saying, cool, this is cool. But now, because... I get lost because we're both on that same frequency. That's why we're even having the conversation. And then you leave that frequency and I'm still left there. I don't know you left because your mode, your mind, nothing's changed. And then the energy changes and you leave the room. And I I don't know what happened. So, you know, my thing I've learned as opposed to trying to solve the problem or chase you down is just to wait until I get some information as to what it is I should do to proceed. Yeah. So that's the difficult parts. You know, and I think that they all uh, involve not wanting to upset the man. Right. So how does it play out in, like, dating and open relationships? And, I don't know. Or, or I mean, <laughs> how, does it, how, do you, how do you see it play out in, like, marriages? Well, we've seen it happen with a few of our friends. Some divorced. Yeah. Some are going through all types of shit. Um you know, where the woman is usually the one who's second guessing themselves, yeah. who try to concede, who make yeah. concessions, who give up freedoms. Yeah. Um, while the man can just be sad, angry, yeah. stonewall. Yeah, we definitely, I mean, the only reason, like, we're not talking about this because I want to talk about my own feelings. Right. We're talking about this because, you know, I did this for you, right? And then um, one of my friends that I do gratefuls with, she, in her gratefuls, uh, listed, you know, fighting internal patriarchy. Right. And that was like a day after I wrote this for you. Right. And I'm like, yay, speaking of fighting 
internal patriarchy. Look what happened. Sion asked me this question. I thought about it, and this is what I wrote. And she read that, and she's like, wow, this is amazing. This is entirely accurate. That's how I feel. Right. Uh, You know, and I can absolutely relate. And that got me thinking that what I wrote, A, surprised me, Mm -hmm. you know, because and it was honest and it was exactly like the, in the priority of what the most most difficult things were, and B, it's relevant, right? And it's relevant to women, and we all are fighting that fight. Some of us are consciously finally fighting that fight, and others are not consciously fighting it. Right. But it's there. Right. I think that most women have it. It's dealing with the yeah the challenge of, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, and talk about it and dissect mine, and you know see what comes up. It would be interesting to get feedback. I'm gonna do a cipher, women cipher, and talk about this. And in the cipher, cipher is great because there's feedback. Right. You know, we all talk about it. Um, so I think it's a huge issue. I think that, you know, the Me Too movement is great because we started talking about it. Right. I think it's a lot more complex. I think we've talked about it a little before, yeah. uh, that it's not just what men do wrong, right? but it's what, you know, generational trauma. Like that's, you know, if you ask Mutima, that's right. generational trauma. Right. Uh, you know, and there are a lot smarter people than you and I that study generational trauma right. and understand what it does and then also the ways to get through it. You know, but it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's you know, I've seen it just through different marriages and stuff because I'm usually close to the woman um, where the man is how they are. Yeah. I'm just like this. I'm just like this. I'm just like this. And the woman will move and try things and cater and switch and yeah. try this and try that. Um, and, you know, that's what we talk about. I've said it before. It's the, you know, the Bob Marley, Rita Marley syndrome. Yeah. Where, like, Bob has many, he falls in love with many women. And on tours, he would have two buses, one with the band and Rita and the kids or whoever, and then his own bus with whoever he'd had on his bus. And so there would be times when he'd meet a woman and fully just engage with her and love and soak up that vibe and for a week or two. And then he would be like, oh, you're my love and these things like that. And then in two weeks, you know, he's found someone new. And this girl, guess who goes and gets that girl to, con- to comfort her is Rita. Yeah. While Bob continues to do his thing. And Rita has to explain to her, he does love you, he does care, but it's not, you're one of us now. And there's a bigger mission, so we have to fall back and understand. And then, but it would never be a situation where if Rita was like, found somebody on the road and, and fell in love with them, or talked to Bob and was like, hey, um, me and Bunny are kind of vibing, I'm really feeling that. Bob wouldn't be like, it would probably be a lot harder for Bob if he chose to do that. I'd be like, oh, no, for sure. You do what you got to do. And, you know, I'll explain to them when it's time that, you, you know, like it just doesn't go that way. Um, and that's so deep and so deep that a lot of times a woman would just already intrinsically feel that before they'd even ask. They're like, ooh, my, I, my man would never do. Okay, I just yeah. wouldn't, you know. And so I even had that with my friend that I was hanging out with the other night. You know, she's like, I could be open, I'm sure, I think. But, 
my I just know he would not be. And I'm like, well, have you asked him? I don't even want to ask. And so it's like, well, what do you do? Like, she's already catering yep. to his emotions before, you know. Well, I mean, that's what I did. Right. For years. That's the, basically, I've calculated in my head that, you know, Tian can handle it. Therefore, we're not going to tell Tian and we're just going to make sure that it's away from him because, you know, I, I'm not doing anything to harm my marriage. I'm just not going to expose it because right. he can't handle it. So we all do that, or a lot of us do it. It's, right. You know, it's a knee jerk. It's the first knee jerk. Internal, internalized patriarchy. Yeah. So how do you undo it? How do you start to undo it? Well, uh, by doing it more and more. I feel like I've made some progress over the last year or two, maybe. Right. Um, and just having to remind myself to do it. Right. And not, you know, look at you anticipating that you're going to do it, but you're not going to be happy about it. Right. But you'd rather be doing something else. Right. So, you know, I think, but also in a way, uh, well, not in a way, but, you know, we, we're a partnership. So, you know, where I have difficulty, I need help with that. So it's not 100% on me. No, it never is. But... You know, for example, anything that I'm struggling with internally that I need help with, I must first vocalize it because that's my realm. I'm the executor of my realm. Yeah. The last thing I want is you to proactively pry or make moves about shit that's my personal thing. Yeah. So I have to lead and be like, hey, I'm struggling with this and the way you do that. I'm not understanding why or how you do that. Can you explain to me? Because this would help me. Because then I ask for your help then you can provide the help. If I don't ever ask you... Well, I'm being pretty vocal about it right now. But non-specific. <laughs> what? What are you being vocal about? Like, these are the areas that are difficult for me. It is difficult for me to ask you for help. It is difficult for me to right. ask you to change things. Well, those you are know? the statements of the problems. I get it. Yeah. So what is... what? Are you, what is, like, in my analogy, I'm going to tell you, like, this is what I would like and this is what I would need. And it would be specific so you would understand where to start. I'm going to just be like, hey, sometimes I just need a little more. Could you give me a little more? Like, that's very vague. Um, and my defi your definition of giving me more, maybe not what I'm looking for, but I didn't articulate that. Yep, but then also my definition of what I think you should do and yours are totally different because, you know, like, you, I anticipate things. Like, I like anticipating people's needs and wants and and you know what would make them happy you don't do that you want to where's my sound effect <laughs> you no, no, want no, let's to clarify. wait i don't do this in domestic spaces i do this in spiritual and energy spaces right we're so talking a, about domestic right stuff but you're right saying now. you just don't do yeah we're you, didn't, talking. you didn't use the word domestic either you used a very general term which makes it sound like i just don't look out for the no, I think that uh, in, the, in the realm of material things, right. you don't do that. I operate in the spiritual right. realm. And that's a difference. See, it's like a yin and yang thing here. This specific thing is more yin and yang. Is that you deal and you're kind of our leader responsible in the material domestic. I lead 
in the metaphysical, spiritual, and energy realms. Together we get full circle and we look out for each other as we teach each other both of the languages that we're speaking in so that we can both get better at both. But the balance is in that realm and we can adjust it and tweak it. But it's not, it should not be looked at as I do all of this and he doesn't do anything. So it's very, there's a, there's a delicate part of this where we're veering from inner patriarchy and not identifying that there are other realms that are equally balanced that help our cipher that are not physical material things. So we got to be careful about that and speak very specific about the specific things so that way it doesn't come off. Because what can happen when we talk about patriarchy or internal patriarchy is that men don't do shit, women do everything. Um, and a lot of times that can be very well the case. But in, in nuance, that's not always the case, but it can be glazed over. And then someone like me can be lumped in with other men. And we've had this situation with other podcasts where it's like, yeah, of course, he's just like the rest of them. He can't handle this or he doesn't do that. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm very conscious and very compassionate and very aware and proactively make sure that your spiritual well-being and your nourishment and your energy is where it should be. You're validated. You're loved. I mind those things more than you mind those things for yourself. And so I make sure and ask you, have you done this? I can see your low. Let's make sure we're doing this. Let's go out. Let's go here. Let's go there. You know, you deserve more time for yourself. You should go out. You should do something. What do you want to do? I'm, I'm the one that's asking you more. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want? What are you into? Where do you want to go? And so I'm proactively doing those things that you proactively do in the material world. So that's where it's balanced. If you were doing both, then it would be like, okay, I have to do everything for this, for this, for our situation. So it's, it should be, if we talk about it, it should be definitely more specific to what we're talking about and not in general terms because general terms about this can be broad stroked into all men. And Tion's a man. So, you know, so we have to just kind of be much more, use a different brush, a little more fine-tuned brush when we're talking about those things. Well, and this is a danger of talking about publicly about a personal situation. Um, this is not about you. This is about how I feel. About, this but is, you're speaking about our situation. Yeah, I'm speaking about our situation as it would be in any situation of me being with somebody else. Uh, so I'm speaking about my internal difficulty of telling my husband to do something that he does not naturally do. It has nothing to do with you are uh, contributing to my problem you are proactively making me do something. It's not about that. I'm, I'm, I'm literally talking about my internal struggle that is not triggered by you. It's mine. I, I brought it in. Way It was in me way before you were in the picture. This is not about you. This is what is difficult for me personally. Not because of you being on the other side, but because this is how I grew up, this is what is difficult for my mom, this is what she never did, this is what is very difficult for me. Right. 
So yes, we are speaking about domestic issues or issues of me uh, needing to breach a subject like me wanting to be with somebody else that I know uh, is not so straightforward and easy. It's just, it's, it's my stuff. Right. But when you start, when we start as talking about what are some of the solutions and you said to me specifically, some of your solutions, it made it sound more personal to me and not general to all women or you personally with men in general. It sounded like it was more aimed towards me. Now, I know we have a good balance and we work through them. Other people hearing the podcast may not be privy to how we do it. So I add my two cents in and say, well, let's as we're saying these things, let's help the context remain that it's not all or none. It's in this specific area with you. And that's one part of how we do it. And then we move from there. Um, So, yeah, I just want to add my two cents to that. Um, I think that marriage is a living, breathing thing that you can't take one part and look at it and start, you know, uh, parsing out blame and uh, assigning responsibilities in one thing. I think that you always have to look at the whole thing in general. Uh, highlighting this highlighting the difficulty of specific situations, specific feelings that are difficult to discuss is a great exercise we don't do it every day Uh, and we don't do it every day for a reason because we live in a whole marriage and we're fully aware of usually where you know, the balances, like what you bring in versus what I do or what I bring in. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, this topic is very sensitive for us. It's very sensitive for me. It's very difficult to talk about because it, uh, it literally directly goes into the discomforts of talking about something that is uncomfortable. Right. You know, so it's like a, I, I think that it amplifies itself. Once you start going into this topic, you start triggering the same emotions. Like, you know, us having this conversation is triggering exact same emotions in me that I'm describing to you here. Right. Like one for one. It's very difficult for me. Um, and I think that's the benefit, that that's the real benefit of talking about it is feeling like in this conversation you and I uh, are having, I'm feeling what I described to you that I feel, and that's why it's so difficult for me. So finding a solution, I think, is in talking about it more. Right. And it's, but it's, go ahead, sorry. Th- when we talk about it, you know, we, uh, I think you and I are very good at keeping the perspective of our, of our relationship as a whole. And knowing that we're only talking about this specific part for a short period of time. Right. And this is not the focus of our marriage. Right. And, you know, that's the beauty of talking about it. And we talk about 
normalizing other things that are uncomfortable. So there are many things that you and I have normalized, you know, and yeah. that's when we share them on the podcast to help other people normalize the conversation. Yeah. You know, this is one of those things that benefits from the exact same process as those other things do is normalizing them, being able to have these difficult conversations, get contentious um, and work through it and, you know, make it to where we can round out the rest of the conversation and continue to go. And people can really feel and hear how hard it is, because that's I think that's a big part of um, our our authenticity is that this is as real as it gets. It's not we're not rehearsed. We don't only talk about topics that were super easy for us. This um, is very hard. Like this for me, as we're talking, uh, is really hard. Like this is as, pretty much as triggering as things get. Right. And it just shows me that this is the right topic. Yeah. I mean, and that's you know that's why we do it. We don't, you know, um, we don't do this to showboat. We're not trying to show how better and more refined and evolved we are um, and how above fear and jealousy and pain we are. We want to show you guys pretty much in real time these topics and how either we've dealt with them in the past and got to the point where maybe we've managed them or how we're dealing with it in real time because it smacked us over the head. Um, So how are we going to try and get better at... Normalizing, talking. No, I mean at me learning how to ask you well it's about normalizing that too (laughs) like you know like i'll say it this way if there is something that i'm feeling that i need your help with yeah i need to ask you for your help right that way knowing that you love me and you want to help me right i'm giving you the tools to help me yeah because if i just say help me what are you gonna? What's the first? You don't. You may grab my head. You may check my fever, and if I don't tell you specifically what I need help with, yeah, I'll and, be guessing. And, right, and then get upset at you for not helping me the way that I want to. When you go and grab a thermostat, and I'm like, what "The fuck is that for? I want help, not that. I'm not sick." And you'll be like, "Okay, well, what is it you need?" So it's up to the person to be like, "This is specifically the areas that I need. I would like to have more time in the evening. So how about Tuesday and Thursday?" You know, when I have late or Monday and Wednesday, when I have late nights in the city, if you could if you could take care of dinner, do you know, make sure Aaron does the dishes or you do the dishes and that the, the kitchen's clean and the darks are done. Right. Those are very specific. So I right. can be like, OK, right. I got that. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with you teaching me uh, how to be more specific about everything else. Right. Like I have a super huge tendency to be very vague. Uh, and it's really hard for me to start breaking things down into very specific uh, either feelings, desires, or needs. Right. And, like, you're very good at it, and that's what you demand. Like, that's where I think a lot of our uh, miscommunications or difficult conversations a rotate around me being too general and you wanting specifics and me not having the ability to provide the specifics. Right. Because the challenge is my desire is to help give you what it is you need. So in order for me to do that, I need to know specifically what it is you need. Otherwise, my guess at what you need may not get you 
specifically. I've learned that I might be one of the worst people in the world at making it clear to myself what it is that I need. Right. And I thought, like, if I can't make it clear to myself, how am I going to make it clear to you? Right. Which makes it hard for you to get it. Yeah. From yourself or from anybody else. And that's what we talk about. Like, we need to be able to articulate our vision, our desires, our needs, our wants to ourselves, and from ourselves goes to the universe. From the universe, we get people, places, and things to come in and help manifest that. But if we're not specific about it, we're sitting in the universe non-specific, like, I just want the moon. Right. And the universe just sending shit, and you're like, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. And the universe like, I don't know specifically what you mean by the moon. And so we have to articulate it. Um, but that's not romantic. It's so much more romantic to say, I just want the moon. Yeah. I mean, and as long as you're happy with the results, <laughs> as long as you're happy with the results, then it's, you know, um, but, you know, if you specifically want to get to a certain place, you have to make sure that you are driving your car in the direction that's going to get you there. Yeah. But uh, you know how tempting it is to give up control and just have somebody else take care of it in exactly the same way that you want it to be taken care of? For sure. And I mean, as That's long like as you I, like the, the risk, I mean, I'm all for it. Like, if you're like, sometimes I just want to just let go and let whatever happens happen. And then you show, like me or whoever it is that's leading, that no matter what direction we go, you're good, then it's good. Yeah. But if you go, I'm going to let go of control. I don't want to have to worry about anything. And then I go, cool, we're going to Albuquerque. I don't want to go to Albuquerque. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, then you clearly have a specific place you want to go or don't want to go. Before we start driving and before we get to Albuquerque, you might want to let me know if you really want to go north. You know, and so these, these things help pave the way. So is there any closing? Did you have anything else in there? Um, I just had a brief one. You know, we talked about it like super quickly yesterday, I think, uh, that, you know, there are times when you're out less, there are times when you're out more. Right. And I think it's a topic for, uh, you know, I mean, uh, definitely people that are open, uh, managing time, space and energy, but then also people that are monogamous and they would just want to do other stuff. Right. You know, uh, maybe golf more this week versus last week or be out with buddies more. Um, you know, the time, space and energy thing is, you know, uh, it's it's one of the most sensitive topics for me. Like in our relationship, um, it's the like my sensitivity lies in the time and space and energy that I get with you. Right. And, you know, like they've been historically, you know, I've had concerns over, oh, is he going to be doing too much? Right. And, you know, you have consistently shown that I don't ever have to say anything. And you, your balance uh, has always been fine, like has always worked for us. But I think that uh it's an interesting topic when things are heating up a little and you're meeting new people and you know you're going out more and my internal con- my internal concern is like ooh now I'm concerned 
now I feel like I'm scared that he's going to be out too much. Right. And then it's an exercise of, yeah, but had he ever done too much? No. Why do you think he'll do that now? And it's like, all right, just watch and see, you know. Most likely he's not going to do anything that's going to cause you to feel that you're not getting enough because he historically had never done that before. Um, so, you know, I, I thought, like, I wanted to talk about that because we, like, our knee jerk is to control other person's time and space and energy as if they don't know how to manage it. Right. And this topic is a huge topic. This is part of Don't Yuck My Yum uh, because... It talks about different people's flows, the way they expand and contract in relationships, yeah. and how sometimes someone expanding makes the other person just uncomfortable because they didn't expect them to expand that big right. for that long or to retract for that mm-hmm. long. And that's where we learn to understand how to give each other space when we need it and to come close when we need it, and neither of those be more or less uncomfortable or wrong than the other. Yeah. It's just different modes that we do as as a as a heart beats as lungs expand and contract, you know. So we'll get into that too, and so we'll go into gratefuls. But um, as you guys, I don't know if you guys, you guys, I don't know if you could notice it or not. But like this this podcast, this episode, there was an area where it got really, really tumultuous and tense, and uh, we had to stop for a second and question if we should continue on that path or not, and I chose that we should continue as the executive producer um, <laughs> because that's the richness I, if we want you guys to feel like what we're saying and hear the tone and hear the cadences to be like oh this is some real shit this is not rehearsed this is not scripted this is probably not where they plan to go and the reality is we just have core topics and we go where it's where it takes us um, and it's real. It's shit that we deal with, too. It's this, the stuff that we talk about is not like stuff we've mastered and now we're sharing it on a master podcast. This is real life shit. So we got to share that with you. And I, I, I voted to keep going so you guys could feel that. And I'm grateful that um, we have this podcast, have the platform to share with you guys to come into our our relationship and our household to see like, you know, it's it's. As rosy as it looks and people go, oh, it's just so easy for them. They've got it so easy. It's like, it's not easy. It takes work, but it's worth it. And we don't have, um, we're not hard adverse. You know, we know that hard means, can mean growth and it can mean challenge and, and wisdom. It doesn't always mean torturous pain and endless sorrow and sacrifice. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, I am grateful for sticking with, you know, what I feel is right uh, or having my intuition that I've always listened to. I feel like it has gotten me through some tight places, including, you know, my fights with my mind, my my mind and ego fight regularly. And I uh, have always chosen to go with my intuition and let go of trying to uh, you know, be controlled by my mind and then things work out as they should and then we keep going uh, on these upward spirals that are pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, grateful for good health and the ability to grow and to try to 
normalize things that were once so terrifying to even speak and normalize them and see them received by love and other people normalizing and opening our, our space to communicate, space to share, and space to be ourselves. You know, for a while, there was a time when it was not normal to talk about biracial or inter- interracial marriages or relationships where it wasn't normalized to talk about being gay or being lesbian or being trans. You know, one by one, we're moving to where now it's like, we're on that cusp where it's like it's not normal to talk about loving and, and desiring and experiencing sexual or pleasure with other people outside of your primary relationship. Like it's taboo, it's evil. Um, and Or it's not normal to talk to other people you're having sex with about other people you're having sex with because it's too uncomfortable. So we must shelter each other from the truth that we actually do love multiple people and share this reality like it's not just like only you I swear but you know it's not so we're normalizing these things and we can talk about and actually um, support each other and these experiences the same way we would if our friend tells us they went out and did an amazing concert and it was sold out we're not going to be like hella jealous because I didn't have a sold out concert I don't even make music but fuck it still (laughs) it's like we're going to be excited for them we're excited for their joy so why would it be any different if they're going out experiencing life and their life is being enriched, why would we not want to embrace that? Because there's a penis and a vagina or something in it, like working through that. So I'm grateful we're getting even more and more to that space. Yeah, I'm, I am grateful for all of that. Uh, seeing the change in our kids. One of our kids declared that she is lesbian. And I mean... It's, I'm grateful that that's a non-event, that we understand how, (laughs) you know, like things change and move and that's just fun. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, when our friend that I was hanging out with last night, I told her that. She was like, oh, did you tell her she's bisexual yet? I was (laughs) like, I didn't even think of that. She's like, wouldn't it be a great time to normalize it and be like, oh, that's cool. Well, you know, I'm bisexual. All right. And I so, didn't think about that yeah. either. Well, so there you go. All right, cool. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 31. Please like, subscribe, rate, review our podcast on whatever platforms you're listening to. And if you like it, tell a friend and yeah. tell another friend and tell a friend again. More friends, more ears, more life, more love. Bada bing. The Black Russian Podcast. Tiambuku one. And I'm Yula. We out.
them and them say we look fresh And every black man had them we impress Sometimes them get bright and start this stress But if it's they are quite to see Them a broke up, they make it, they not see We feel with them start get upset That's why enough man not put them head in a one basket But some of them put them out of where them can't reach it As a fact, see a great pima What if it is whether you're living at the town or in the district No care me name, no spread no room and show me no respect No to me living at the ghetto, show me no respect No care me name, no spread no room and show me no respect No to me living at the ghetto, show me no respect Some man watch your figure, some man watch your shape Some man watch your necklace and your beautiful face Call your gobs if you're ugly, that's a big disgrace But if you're pretty fatty, man, I run one race No man no want fit there, you're back, they want fit the pan front pit Every man want a tackle, want to eat in the place But most of them are hungry, want to get one taste Turn the winner like a head to look for all for your space No care me name, no spend no room, I show me no respect No to me living at the ghetto, show me no respect No care me name, no spend no room, I show me no respect No to me living at the ghetto, show me no respect I want all of the women, them are you for penetrate If your man are do wrong, that's enough, you tolerate Just live independent, get yourself up to date Change your lifestyle and make your future's a bread Stop the running up and down and stop the acting well Just like a lamb to a starter, you for me can mild Just care for your health and protect your child Not be no man, it's just that we want to take a mile Just listen to me lyrics and take me out of bed Not care me name, not spread no rumor, show me no respect